Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. With me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19, I read verses 1 to 8. Kings 19, and I read from the New King James Version. And he have told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of the Lord. Verse 7 says, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. We will look at this man, Elijah. He's a very good man to look at and study in the Bible because he's one of those great men that the Bible pointed out to us that he was a man of like nature like you. What that tells me is that it's very easy to relate to Elijah. Uh, relate to him, whatever the Bible asks us to do, Elijah did a lot. Um, but he also cautioned us that he has all the weaknesses that we have. Amen. And so we look at this man, uh, this little journey, um, and in a moment, I'll tell you exactly how we will, where we will put our focus. I believe with all my heart that this fairly sad story, will I say, of a great man of God who has just done a great miracle and came to the point in which he was so despondent, possibly depressed, to the extent that he was wishing to die, or possibly even suicidal, that what could have gone wrong? Where did we miss it? And I believe that he got to a point where he had to make a decision. He got an important decision to make, 
uh, to make, rather, and I believe he probably asked himself the question, where do I go from here? And so, I believe if you don't ask that question yourself before in life, you probably are now, or you may at some stage in your life, where do we go from here? And so, if you want to title message, you can title it, where do we go from here? And the angel told him, well, the journey you are going is a very great journey. And um, there are several things that we need to consider, Elijah, if you are going to go on this journey. I do not be able to talk to you much about that, but what I want to talk to you is about direction when you go to a junction in life. And many a times we've all come to junctions in our lives. Maybe the sister that came in the middle that gave the testimony, she was a junction in her life. And I guess, whether she said it expressly or in one form or another, she was saying, where do I go from here? They did all the scans, and when they started inviting the whole team over you, you need to be worried. And when she was saying, Lord, where do we go from here? We thank God that God appeared and directed. Our brother Rob came here. Also, the contrast run out or running out, and it's a matter of where do we go from here? Well, praise God. God showed up. And the direction was directed. Hallelujah. Uh, there are many other examples you can give. The diagnosis of the doctor, the unexpected turnout of a pregnancy, or anything, everything in life. We all tend to get to a point in which we may need to ask, where do I go from here? Hallelujah. And when you are asking that question, may I please suggest a few things that you shouldn't do? And then we will talk about what we should do. Number one, you should avoid listening to the first thing that comes to mind, especially when you are afraid. Avoid listening to that voice. The flesh loves to protect itself. We love our skins very much. Why not? That might be where we pay so much attention to our skin. We paint, we grow, we do all sorts of things. We love our skin, figuratively speaking. So, but please... Your life is not just your external. There's something to you more than outside. And so don't listen to that first thing that comes to your mind. Because Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Galatians 5 17 says, the spirit and the flesh, they are contrary to one another. For the flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. The spirit of Elijah was saying, ah, what she said? But the flesh was saying, I'm dead. And many a times we are all confronted with that. Please learn not to listen to that flesh. Somebody says this this way. This way. It's a quote that picks from somewhere. It says, don't make a permanent decision for your temporary emotion. Don't make a permanent decision for your temporary emotion. You know, me don't spend... Uh, if she had to give her one hour, she kept going. One thing she kept talking about, did you hear what she was saying all the time? My emotion, my emotion. Where is she? Yeah, hallelujah. It's all about, my emotion was all over. My, and she was right. Deep within her, she was quoting the scripture, but the emotion was saying, which scripture? Until she started bargaining. What a faith. Started bargaining. Lord, let it be something. <laughs> if it's going to be something, it will be something curable. That tells you how far the flesh will go. Your prayer did not start with that to be something. Your prayer started with possibly, Lord, ah, I'm whole. There's nothing going to be wrong with me. Oh, ah, in Jesus' name. Then the bargaining came. Let's bargain and stand somewhere. Don't listen to that voice. Amen. 
Number two thing I will also suggest to us that we should be aware of is when you get to that junction in life, when you ask the question, where do you go from here? Look 360 degrees around you. It will give you a better understanding of where you are in relation to the problem. Elijah took the narrow view and the limited view of looking at what Jezebel said. If you are taking this time to just look around him, that is what Jezebel said. That's okay. My servant is here with me. All right. Ahab, I've seen him. Already 400 prophets were dead. So whenever you are facing a difficult situation, you turn around, just look all around you. More often than not, what is working for you or what are working for you tend to be more than those things that are not working. Amen. And believe you me, that's the truth. I'm sure you'll be hesitant to say that. Let God just solve that. I've had that said before. But the truth of the matter is that God uses what is in hand to solve what is not in hand. Learn to look around. Thank God in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. The prodigal son, Luke 15, is a story about the prodigal son. He looked around. You remember? If you were just to look at the what? The situation in which he was trying to eat the food that the swine were eating, he would have completely missed it. But he looked around. I could see the swine. I could see my error. Oh, I can also see my father. I can see my younger brother. I can see the servants in the house. As he was moving around 360 degrees, things were getting brighter. Amen. Do always a three degrees view. Look all around. And you'll be surprised how things will sort out. Number three thing I will advise that you should please do or be careful of. Avoid being alone. Now, that is often the default mode of many. You might be physically present, just as our sister said. Uh, we glean a lot from her testimony because she gave us quite some details. She would come to church amongst people, but she was alone. She was alone. She was totally left to her own senses. Um, Soji, is this in town? Out of town, in of town? So essentially, she was alone. Can't talk to the children. It's not spoken to anybody. She was just left to her own little thoughts. And remember very clearly that Elijah did not sink into depression until he dispersed the servant. Servant, stay here, and I will go on. By the time he went on, it dawned on him how alone he was. If you are feeling alone today, by the special mercy of the Lord, you will feel the master's presence in the name of the Lord Jesus. I beg you, please don't be alone. Don't say, I will handle it alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. The Lord asked me to see that before I came for this, and um, normally does so. He showed me a particular picture of a person. I believe it was figurative, that you are walking like in a valley. It's a very craggy valley. And you are walking through that valley, and suddenly, as if the ground caved under, the person tumbled over. It's as if it toppled over or tumbled over, whichever way the person was flat on the ground. And right there and then, you know, I was privy to looking at that. But I believe the word of the Lord unto you is that help is coming. And you'll be picked up again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, believe when God gives such a word as a particular person, he said, that's the description of where I am. 
The rising is coming your way in the name of the Lord. Number four, always draw a line of demarcation between what you want and what you know God wants for you. Draw a line of demarcation. Elijah knew what God wanted. He knew that there was no situation or circumstance which God would have wanted to capitulate. But of course, his flesh wanted something else. And he decided to mix both. What I mean is that draw a line of demarcation is that whenever you are feeling down, admit you are feeling down to God, ask him to help you, and don't allow one to flow into the other so that you start believing what is false. So, and that's the way the devil works. He merges everything. He makes sure everything comes to what you think is old. No, no, no. Make it clear that, you know, God, you know, maybe you are fasting. He said, Lord, you know, I really don't want to fast. Make me know. Let it be known, Lord, I know you want me to fast. Lord, what do we do? And I, I always believe in sincerity when you are dealing with God. He said, they that worship God, they shall worship him in spirit and in truth. There's too many, if you can make as, as much as you like, and I'm not encouraging us to do so, as much as you like, have double face between, before men. But don't have double face before God. You know, don't, you can't fool him. And you can say, but God knows my heart, it's more, it's more than he knows my heart. Speak to him directly. Tell him, God, this is how I'm feeling. Might be in marriage, might be in job, might be whatever. Be very open with him. There's this story of the two parable, this parable of the two sons that was in Matthew 21, 28 to 31. Matthew 21. Very funny story the Lord Jesus Christ gave. There was a different story the Lord was teaching there. There's something else that I saw there. Let's read that. He said, but what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. 30. Then he came to the second and said likewise and he answered and said, I go sir. But he did not go. Alright? Which of the two sons did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, assuredly I say to you, the tax collectors and hallows enter the kingdom of God before you. Did you get that parable? Alright. The lesson the Lord wanted us to learn out of many, obvious. But I believe with all my heart, folks, that both of the two sons did not want to go. You agree with me? Both actually didn't want to go. But one decided to come clean and say, Dad, I'm not going. Then, whether the father helped him, because we're not making the father the heavenly father, helped him to change his mind, or when he left, his conscience smote him, or he started thinking it all over, we don't know. But the other one, though he didn't want to go, just decided to say what he didn't want to do. If you begin to pray like that, there will be greater turnaround quicker than we think. Don't be rude with God, but be sincere with him. Let him know where you are, and you can be sure he will help you. Hallelujah. All right, so those are the things not to do. So how do we go on (laughs) whenever in life we get to the point of where do we go from here? You know, it is journey that the angel told Elijah. So you're on a journey in life. You agree with me. And so I know you, when you get to a junction, the first thing that comes to your mind is what? A GPS. Agreed? You go somewhere, you don't know where to go. And, um, you know, 
been in that situation many times before, you probably have. You just, and you just, if you have your GPS, you probably enter one of the roads and it will tell you to turn. If it, it will recalculate for you. But since in Bible time there were no GPS, Bible still has an answer to that one. And so, before the GPS were, there were other ways that people use as compass where they need to go. You agree with me? All right? And before compasses were, there were other things that people use to know the direction where they need to go. You agree with me? All right? So, compass was not in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ. Compass was not in the day of Elijah. And Elijah was sure where he had to go. I believe there are two ancient compasses that are available for all creations since the world began. Number one, compass. Surprise, surprise. Eh? Good. And possibly even the stars. They use more the stars than the sun. Remember, the sun is a star. I agree with you. But what was the thing that led, what was the compass that led it to where Jesus was? It was a... Uh, and stars are incredibly accurate. So the first category of direction that God will give you are what? The stars. And I believe the stars, according to the word of God, which have got his own characteristics, is the word of God. Sorry, according to the Bible, the main star that we have, or stars can represent the word of God. And the characteristic of the star is that stars are permanent and they are constant. Hmm? So when the stars are in the sky, which is the northern star is always there, and all the other stars, they are permanently there. And your orientation to them do not change. They are constantly, our orientations to them do not change. It's always there. So lesson number one for me is that whenever I go to a junction in life, that thing that is constant, that thing that does not change, that thing that is eternal is what? The word of God. For Psalm 119 verses um, verse 1, verse 89. He said, forever, O Lord, your word is settled. It doesn't change. So, if there's anything that we qualify that does not change is the word of God. And I'm sure you will say you agree. But there are other things that are affected or that we need to consider when we are dealing with the stars. As a guide to where we are going. Number two thing is that stars can sometimes be covered with clouds. And that's why sometimes when you pick the word of God, you don't seem to find the answers to what you are looking for. The cloudiness of our own mind, the cloudiness of circumstances may not make it so obvious exactly where you are going. And it is normal. You don't need to beat yourself. I can stand there and tell you sanctimoniously, oh, you have anything, just go to the scripture. But you say, man, I've been to that scripture, I'm getting nothing. The cloud is covering it just for now. But the clouds do clear. The clouds do clear. They don't remain permanently there. There will be a time when the clouds will move away. But you will only know the clouds are cleared when you constantly look to the heavens and waiting for that moment when the clouds will clear. And that is why you may get nothing from the scripture. Keep at it. Don't ditch it. There will be a moment when it will become clear once again. And then you can move forward and do what the Lord is asked you to do. Also, don't forget that some stars are more visible than others. It's not only that the stars are always there, some are more visible than others. So it is with the Word of God. There are some parts of the Word of God that are clearer than the other parts of the Word of God. What we're talking about is when I get to the junction of life, how do I make decisions? 
And we are trying to tease it open. We are trying to unpack it. Not just say, go and use the word of God. We are looking at it closely in practical terms. How do I deal with this? Some parts of the world, they are clearer than the others. They are brighter than the other. But that does not diminish the fact that every scripture is given by inspiration of God. So it is for you to get to that point that you look for the part that may be obscure. And because the obscure parts may have more relevance to you. Study the word of God closely. Especially when you are telling things that are very unfamiliar. You will need to study the word of God closely. If you are not going anywhere, you don't need compass. Probably should have mentioned that to you. You agree with me. If you are going on a journey that is not very far, or it's a journey that you are familiar with, you may need a compass. But if you are going to uncharted territories, you better get a compass. And I know your life is not ordinary. You're going somewhere special. I know you are not just another, you know, pedestrian in this life. There is a purpose for you. That's why the Lord is asking us to look at this today and to tell you clearly that as you begin to apply this compass, you will find your way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, thing that you need to know about the stars, which I believe can relate to the word of God, the knowledge of stars as compass is both an amateur and a professional undertaking. Have you seen people that just look at stars as hobbies? They are not going anywhere. But people that are going anywhere, and so, and their attitude will differ. Amateurs, they do it when they want to do it. Professionals must do it all the time. So, my study of the word of God must not be like an amateur, must be like a professional who does it all the time. Also, amateurs, they don't have the same depth, more often than not, that the professionals have. For instance, the same scripture that you are looking at, if another person like who, maybe Bishop Edepo, we pick the same scripture, you may get something more from it than you are getting. Maybe if you put it in the hand of Pastor Otter Bill Mensah, these are teachers of grace. Through many years, they develop themselves. You get put the same scripture in your hand. So it's, it's, the problem is not the scripture. The problem is the person that is looking at it. The problem is the one who is looking at the star. For a rookie like me, I just see dust in the sky. But for experts in astrology, they know that if this one is at this particular distance or angle to this one, is telling me I'm facing north or east. Anyone that is going somewhere cannot remain as an amateur. Will you please grow and grow to be a professional? And it cuts across. The same prayer that I will pray, that you probably will pray, the same short prayer, when Pastor Adeboye will open his mouth and pray the same prayer, he gets probably 10 times the effect of what you get. Why? One is amateur, one is professional. When I spend time to have grown in the art and in the skills to that level and the function like that, I'm asking you today in the names above all names, let us move along that direction so that we may grow to where the Lord wants us to be. All right? Number five thing about stars in guiding you in making direction, uh, making decisions. When you are asking the question, where do we go from where? From here. Stars are visible from all points on earth. Stars are visible from all points. The word of God is universal. It's the same word in Asia that is here in Europe. And don't lose sight of that. And because the earth as a whole is very tiny in comparison to the stars, the earth does not change the stars. Is the stars that must change the earth. Let the word of God change. You don't change the word of God. 
give the world the room to do what it wants to do. Sometimes we don't like it. That's natural. But it's for you to agree with the word of God so that the world can change you to what he wants you to become. Hallelujah. All right. What are the other things that we can use as compass? Anybody? Apart from the stars. And not, not GPS. Landmarks. Landmarks. For instance, the difference between landmarks and stars, I will tell you in a minute. But let me just give you an example of a landmark. If um, maybe Leeds, where, where I was a few weeks ago, I had a GPS, so I didn't need to do this. But if I didn't have a GPS, and I was looking for the particular hotel I stayed, and probably was calling the organizer of the program I went for, I would have said, um, oh, I can't find the hotel. I've walked around the place. The man would probably ask me, what can you see around you? I'll probably say, I can see a shish kebab shop near. He says, is it to your left or to your right? I say, it's to my right. Okay, what else can you see? Well, I can see a summer field. Okay, now, walk away from a summer field and walk towards the shish kebab because you can walk both ways, both on the same side. So walk towards shish kebab, and as you go, the first turning on the right, turn inside there. And I turn inside there. He say, where are you now? I tell him. We are using what to get me there? Landmarks. It's not compacts. It's not GPS. There are no stars. But just by knowing where you are, you can use landmarks. And there are two kinds of landmarks that you can use in our decision-making in life as we are going on. There's one that I call the permanent landmarks, like mountains, or actually semi-permanent landmarks. Semi-permanent in the sense that mountains can change. You know that. Some of the mountains along West Hill, they are no longer there. They've made new mountains. It's very futile to say, as you pass Esso, you will see a mountain to your right. No. That was five years ago. The mountains are not there. And so, in our experiences in life, mountains are things you have been through in life. They may be good reference points for you, but they are not always the right reference point. Let me tell you something. If you are good in decision making, you have a good life. If you, if you, if that, that is my greatest challenge. Anyone that can make proper decision and makes it a daily attitude and say, Lord, guide me to make proper decisions. In fact, they say a decision you make right and you made late is a bad decision. Decisions are that important. He said that, you know, I said before you, light and darkness. Good and evil. Choose right that you may know. And anyone that is so comfortable that I can make decisions all the time without improving, we soon get to a ditch. May God give you the wisdom and the desire to grow in how to make decisions. Because I'm sensing that God wants to change something. Do you know that every one of us, to a degree or another, I don't feel regret. We are where we are because of the multitude of decisions we have made. We are the product of your decision. There is no, not absolutely everything that has happened to us or has not happened is because of our decisions. One day we get to heaven, the Lord we told, we tell you the prayer you missed has elongated the pain. Thank you, Lord. When I was waking up around 3 a.m. with an impending sense of danger, I could have chosen to sleep. But you know, some of the mountains I've been through in life have told me that when he gave me those signs, and I know those signs, if I don't do what he asked me to do, 
I'm in trouble for another six months or more. Those mountains, they are landmarks for me. So immediately, I say that, I say, I can't understand the pain. So I may look a little bit groggy this morning. You probably know the reason why. Because sometimes, you barely get to sleep. I rather miss one night's sleep. And constantly miss the next 14 days of sleep. Maybe one month of sleep. It was so clear. There was an impending danger. Maybe you may tell me here, maybe when I get to heaven. But I know, 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 I know. Years back, a brother shared a dream with me. And that sent all of us to about 12 months of running around. Shared a dream, just interpreted it on the surface. He said, one of wonderful people that helped me in those days, take me to airports, you know, I was still commuting from time to time, anyway, whatever. Uh, I can't remember the full details, but I remember he told me his, the dream was about it was at the beachfront, about the beachfront, and then it was as if they dropped a nuclear bomb into the, uh, into the sea, into the North Sea, and then there was a mighty wave that rose from there, and it was running and running and running and running. Um, and so that was it. Ah, my interpretation, Russia withdraw bomb. <laughs> When the wave started, the weight I lost, because we had to stand by him because of a terminal diagnosis in the life of somebody dear to him. Now, you want to tell me now, if God wants me now, I won't use old landmarks to judge how I should deal with things? Those were landmarks. They are semi-permanent landmarks. My response might be to do something, but even those responses, they may even change a little bit because what I did at that time when I went away to go and fast, I asked God, and the first day of fasting, the Lord told me the word, the outcome would be. And I knew the outcome already. And later on, I said, Lord, you can still change it. And we came, blah, 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 and long story. I told you, I'll need for close to a year. When all these things were happening, brethren, all around, one thing was sure, God was chatting something, but he used those ones as landmarks for me. Hallelujah. All right. Semi-permanent landmarks. There are other landmarks that you have. So you know how to deal with semi-permanent landmarks, okay? Look at your past. Look at the dealings of God with you. Use them to guide you how to make a decision now. There are also what I can call temporary landmarks. Temporary landmarks. Temporary landmarks are those ones that are shifting. I wouldn't like you to direct me to where I'm going by telling me this. Still in Leeds, looking for the hotel I was going to stay. And then you asked me that, are you close to a bus stop? And I said, yes. All right? And the person says, well, there may be a person standing on that bus stop. Aha. No. No. Or the person just said, actually, there was a man wearing a red jacket at that bus stop. And it was right because there was a man there when he passed there. You can't use that as a landmark for me. I would say, I could see a bus stop. I can see a woman there. She's not wearing a red jacket. In fact, the woman has just even left now. I know that you want to tell me. What are temporary landmarks that we use and we should be careful of using? Opinions of men. They change. 
And they're available. You can use them. Uh, but they are too narrow. They are too imprecise. And so when we are walking through life, we should be careful that we don't build upon these things that are very temporary. But finally, there's another option. Amen? The first option was what? You can use stars. You agree with me? Permanent, sure. You can grow in skills in using stars. You agree with me? And then you can use other things called landmarks. Some of them are semi-permanent. Some of them are very, very fleeting and temporary. But there's a third option. The third option is, rather than look at the stars, rather than look at the landmarks that are changing, it's quite possible that someone comes along and takes me by the hand and said, I will lead you there. Which one do you prefer? Whether he uses stars, whether he's using his own problem. My own number one situation is that he's leading me. And when he's leading me, what should I do? I will lead, let me follow you. The man said, I should go, I should follow. You are the one leading me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And thank God, your master is here to lead you. You know, many times we say, Lord, tell me the direction. Uh-uh. Lord, take me by the hand and take me there. It's sweeter. Because no matter how precise his instructions are, you may miss it. Many a times, brethren, we must get to that level of relationship with the Lord. He say, Lord, lead me by the hand. Now, when someone is leading you, listen carefully. It's not as easy as I'm saying. Especially if you have a fair idea of the way. That is the time you start saying, this does not look familiar. We're going straight to Union Square. Let's go further than that. We're going to where? Master Spencer's. And you have always known the ways to Master Spencer since your ancestors have been going to Master Spencer's. Now you come out of this place, you make a right turn, and you make a right turn, out of that door, a right turn, and then another, and then you get to a set of lights. In fact, in those days, there were no set of lights there. You just make a, and then you go on, and until you see a sign called Max and Spencer's. Then the man that is leading you decides to say, we go out, we turn right, we turn a bit left again. Ah, 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 ah. He said we should turn right. He said, follow. And they started taking you through some nicely built area with some shops and light and you are walking through totally. He said, this, he said, this is not Max and Spencer's. I'm going to Max and Spencer's. Will you please stop arguing with him? We allow him to lead you? You go to the point where you are saying, where do we go from here? Follow him. It might look unfamiliar, but if you trust him enough, you will get there. Oh, you will get there. And I love that old song. Children's song. My Lord knows the way. Do you know it? Through the wilderness. He's to follow. My Lord 
knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to... If you're going to follow him, you will need to stand on your feet to follow him. It tends to be easier when you stand up to follow. <laughs> you are walking, and he's leading you. Amen? Do we know that song? They've taken the keyboard away. Maybe. Oh, all right, okay. Maybe what the Lord is uh, asking us to do today is to even clap to the song. Might be a new way altogether. Destination we shall get to. I want us to do only one thing today. You won't pray. It will be, they will play in the background for a few minutes. God, good time. If the Lord still leads us to minister, I will do so. But is there anyone in the room who genuinely and seriously feels that he needs or she needs an answer to where do we go from here? Genuinely, you, you really, you know, you just look at it and say, to be honest, maybe the body time clock is ticking. Maybe in every way. Can't even train now. Uh, biological system have their own issues. Um, children, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You won't pray uh, following what I will dictate to you. We will take a moment where you are standing to cry to God. And then after you cry to God, there you have decided in your heart and proposed that you want him to lead you. You will come forward here. If it's possible for you to just stand in front of the platform, which we call the altar, because the altar is the place that you designated as a place of meeting with God. We know God is in the room, his spirit. But sometimes we make some places very special. We make it sanctified and set apart. And so you stand here, representative of you standing before him who is going to lead you. Amen. And you're going to tell me, tell him, Lord, lead me. Take me forward. I've come to the point in which my own effort won't do. So we lift our hearts to just pray. Whenever you are ready, the next few minutes, just stand here. You want to kneel down, maybe you want to stand before the altar. That's a point of contact to say, Lord, I'm handing my hand over to you. You know what you will get within a week? You will get clear core directions. The fuzziness will go. It will be obvious that you are being led. To be obvious that the Lord is in charge. To be clear that you are not on your own anymore. Oh, how sweet it is when He takes you by the hand and leads you. How blessed it is when you are not just left on your own to figure out whether you are getting the direction the stars are giving you. Oh, don't even talk of the temporary landmarks. They have next to no use, but there's someone who knows the way. There's someone who is ready to hold you by the hand and lead you all the way. Unto him we've come this afternoon. That's what he's asked us to do. Just hold on to him. He knows the way. He knows the way. Pour your heart onto him. Just lead me, Lord. 
lead me, Lord. I want to follow you. I will not keep any distance between you and I. Just hold me by the hand. Thank you. You can tell me how to get there. But no, don't tell me. Just lead me. Don't give me the map. I may misread the map. Oh, I don't even know how to read the stars. Paradventure, I know how to read it. How well can I read it like you made the stars? Oh, can I talk of the mountains? How else can I use the mountains? How, how can I use the mountains when you are the one that made the mountains and the only one that can move or keep the mountains there? Lead me, Lord. Lead me by the hand. Direct me, oh God. As a couple of more minutes, pour your heart onto him and let him do the work in our lives today. Oh, Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. We hand ourselves over to you. We will follow you. We will follow you all the way. We will follow you, Lord. Thank you, our Lord and our God. Just begin to bring your prayer to the close. And I will pray for you. I pray for myself. That from now on, beginning from this very Sunday of this month of divine turnaround, you will find the right course. Leading you straight to the right destination. No more wandering. You have wandered for too long. We have wandered for too long. And the Lord says, no more wandering. And that is why you are not living here today with 10 steps of how to get there. You are living here not with one step, not with anything, but with a hand. The hand is shorter than ten steps. The hand is shorter than several ways to get there. It's the hand you are going with. Don't let go of that hand. Do you hear me? Don't let go of that hand. It will lead you. It will lead us. It will get us there. You will get your wife there. You will get your husband there. You will get your children there. This city that we are standing for before the Most High God, you will get us there in the name of the Lord Jesus. We have the, we have the hand of the master. It's, it's called the master of the seas. Master of the billows. That song, that's, play that song is there for us. And it will help us all the way. Father, we thank you. We worship your holy name. We have heard you clearly. And you have concluded to us that children, there are times when you need to pick the book and follow the stars as it were. But this is the time that I want to lead you. Father, I say, please, Lead us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Take our hands and lead us all the way in the name of the Lord Jesus. The way is not clear. But at least we can see you with our spirit eye. And you that we can see, we are following you right now. 
No one will fall away by the wayside in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our destinations we shall reach in the name of the Lord. This month of divine turn around. Anyone that is going the wrong direction, turn into the right direction right now in the name of Jesus. And you will enter in the place he has prepared for you. No longer shall we be oppressed. No longer shall we be repressed. No longer shall we be suppressed. But Lord, we shall be lifted so that we can express your glory to the world in the name of the Lord Jesus. As you rise up, you will shine. The cloudiness is gone. A new faith is leaping up on the inside of you. And you will reach that destination in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, lay your hand upon each one right now. Lay your hand upon each one, each one, each one, each one. Lay your hand upon me. Lay your hand upon everyone right now. And as you finish laying your heavenly hand on us, grab us by the hand and lead us by the way. What shall we say but to say thank you, Father? For that person who is in the ditch and fell down, you have risen right now. Reason never to fall again in the name of the Lord. And the glory and the honor shall be returned to our Father. Thank you, eternal God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. God bless you. Rise on your feet victoriously as you march back to your seat. Be reassured that you are on your right track. And Christ will be glorified. Hallelujah. Alright, let's just pray for as many as have need for one healing or another. You will stay wherever where you are. The hand of the Most High will touch you there. Lord, we thank you for the healing virtue that is in this room right now. I hereby ask, Lord, that as many as came in here with one ailment or another, because of your promise unto us, let the virtue of healing flow forth right now and heal all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heal children over their children church. Heal children, small ones, whichever one in this room. Heal adults, men and women. Heal all. Heal all. And let the glory and honor be unto you. Just specifically for those who are on long-term medication, the Lord says your time of turn around is now. Turn and be made whole in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's still a balm in Gilead. And that balm is flowing right now. Bringing you to the place that has ordained for you. You will return with your testimonies. We use all the testimonies of today as a point of contact for blessing. Healing for healing. Career and job advancement for career and job advancement. Knowledge of Christ for as many, O oh God, who do not know you. Today, come close to the Lord. Receive the gift of salvation. Let your life be turned around. Let Jesus be glorified. As many as are overcome by situations and sins and circumstances, receive deliverance today. And let the light of God shine in our lives. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray.
Somebody give God the praise. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.